This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, the title of this sermon is Faith Additives. Faith Additives. Amen? And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, do we have any cooks in the house today? Anybody like to cook? And, you know, uh, cooking has a lot to do with what you put on you know, your food, like the spices and all this. And we want to add, you know, like a steak. When my, when my wife makes a steak, she um, marinates it in soy sauce. And, and then, she, and then you also you can have, I guess, A1 steak sauce to add to your steak. But if you do a good steak, you don't need the A1. Amen? And, uh, but, but, it, but good cooking is what you add to the food to make it good, right? The spices. Amen. And so if we're going to walk in great faith today um, and we're going to be people of great faith, we're going to have to add something to our faith. Amen. So let's go to Second Peter uh, chapter one uh, and I'm going to read down uh, two to four. And really, there, there are seven keys and I believe these keys are going to help us to be rapture ready. Amen. Uh, how many people believe that Jesus is coming back? Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming back sooner than we think. And you, how many people realize that the world isn't getting any better? Amen. The world's not getting any better. And, and, you know, the world's still in fear. There's still a lot of fear out here. Um, uh, and, and, but but as, as people of God, we're not in fear. Hopefully, we're staying in faith. And we're not afraid of of what's coming down the pike, we should be excited because as the world, the Bible says, as the world gets darker, uh, the church, uh, the, the greater the light of the church will be exposed to the darkness of this world. Amen? And so, and so, so greater is the truth that will be exposed. And, and so, so we need to add to our faith. It's not just faith alone that's going to get the job done. And so let's look at this. And this is um, Peter here. And he says here, in Second Peter, chapter one, uh, starting with uh, uh, verse two, it says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, and at His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory, Amen, and virtue." By which have been given to us exceedingly and great precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So I like what he's saying here. He's saying that uh, peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God. Amen. We know this, that the Bible says that as, as, as the end days come closer and closer, men's heart will fail because of fear, right? But that's not of the Christian, amen? In other words, we should be walking in greater hope in the last days. Why? Because we know that Jesus is coming back for us, amen? So we should be excited about the last days, and we are in the last of the last days. Do you believe that today? And so, so these are keys that I want to give you that, that's going to help you uh, not to be shipwrecked in the last days. You know, there are, the Bible says there are going to be people that, that there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be some people that will fall away from the faith. 
Amen. And I'm going to say this, that if we appear to these seven keys, we will not fall away, but we will glorious enter into the kingdom of God. Do you believe that today? So, so Peter is saying here, but also uh, in, in verse five, working our way down to seven, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, give all diligence, focus, make this your, 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 your aim, uh, your, your goal in life. Amen. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love and these are the seven i i i believe these are the seven keys that will keep us standing when the enemy's trying to come against us, amen? When the enemy's trying to throw all manner of evil against us, when we're standing and we're standing on these principles, we're going to be able to stand up against anything. Do you believe that today? So, so it's, it's more than just faith. You have to add to your faith. And so today I want to talk to you about the grace of virtue. Virtue, amen? And what is virtue? It can also be defined as moral and spiritual excellence. Moral and spiritual excellence. See, see, we're in a day where, where in the world system, it's a day of compromise. It's a, it's a day where, where, where we live in a, in, in a time where, um, where people aren't really true to their word. Where people don't stand on any kind of convictions. Where people, they, they, they go with what, whatever their own philosophy in life. I'm talking about the people of the world. They have their own philosophies. My philosophy, B.C., before I got Christ in my life, was basically look out for myself because nobody is going to look out for me. In other words, look out for number one. Right? Isn't that a philosophy a lot of people have? I better look out for myself because nobody else is going to look out for me. But, but that's a flawed philosophy. Amen? That's a worldly mentality. Amen. And, and really, the Bible teaches just the opposite. The Bible teaches us to look out for others. Oh, my Lord Jesus. The, the Bible tells us to look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ. The, the, the Bible tells us to focus. See, the, the most miserable Christians on planet Earth are the ones that are self-focused. They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> are you listening to what I'm saying? But when you get caught up, in a greater cause, when you get caught up in focusing on Jesus, hallelujah, and focusing on being a blessing to others, then I'm telling you, you won't have any depressed days. The reason why we sometimes have depressed days is because we have ourselves too much on our mind. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Sometimes we get focused on ourselves. Sometimes when we get a bad report, you ever got a bad report or the doctor says you got something bad and, you know, you might have to get an operation. What happens? We start focusing on ourselves, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) And you start telling everybody, I'm going through problems. Pray for me. Right. And you don't think about praying for other people. You think about I need prayer. (laughs) I need help. Right. But the Bible says pray for one another. The Bible takes an opposite perspective on it. Pray for one another so you may be healed, right? So so what what, 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 what does the world's philosophy? It's to look out for yourself. What does the Bible 
uh, way of doing things, look out for others. Isn't that right? And so, and so I'm telling you, we live in a selfish world. We live in a world where it's self-focused, where Instagram, you, ha- you place the best picture on Instagram to show how m- many people, how great you are, right? Right? That's what the Instagram's all about. It's to show the best version of yourself, right? And so, and so but, but I'm telling you, when you're walking in God, God will, I'm telling you, make you look beautiful he will make you look awesome in the eyes, even in the world's eyes. Because when they see Christ in us, the hope of glory, they will be drawn and attracted to us. But what they're attracted to is the Christ that's in us. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So I'm talking to you about virtue. And virtue is, is moral excellence. It's the building blocks of people with great faith. As you think about a a virtuous person, what you think about, when I think about a virtuous person, I think about somebody of high moral character, high moral character. And so, and so, so God is calling us to, to a higher level. Amen. He's calling us to be honest. What pastor? (laughs) He's calling us to do the right things, especially when you're walking in virtue, you do the right things when nobody's looking. You see, 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 image is what we try to project to people and to, to some people want a good image, but they have no character behind the scenes. They promote an image that they're godly, but behind the scenes, they're doing ungodly things and their image, they promote an image and we're not here to promote a false image. Amen. Uh, of, 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 uh, of uh, a life of sanctity when we're really not walking in it. Amen? And so really, really, we're not all about image. Amen? And, and that, that's what the world is, projecting an image. Amen? And your personal life has everything to do with your public life. Oh, I'm preaching today. Your personal life will, will equate to what's going to happen in your public life. Some people say, well, what I do personally doesn't matter what I do. What, what, what the, it does matter a lot. You find out these politicians that run for office and you find out that even the world don't like cheating politicians on their family and their wives. You know, when, when, when you have politicians that are being exposed and, and all this, uh, even the world looks down on people that have low morals. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so as Christ followers, we, we need to understand that Jesus sets the highest bar for morality. Amen. And so we got to make sure because we got to be very careful because we are in the age of free porn. Right. It's right there on your on your on your phone. You can have access to it. But, you know, it's not really free. It will cost you something. And what you say, what will it cost you? It will cost you a hollowed out soul. It, it'll, 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 it can cost you your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, sin will take you further than you ever want it to take you. Amen. It'll cost you more than you ever want to pay. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I can't, I can't repeat that. Amen. <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit. But, uh, but that's the case. And, and it will hollow out our souls. Amen. And, and then when, when, when we're doing things that are wrong behind the scenes, it's hard for us to even look in the mirror. Mm. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? But when we're doing the right things, amen, and we're walking upright before God, amen, it, it creates a confidence. It creates a boldness that when we walk in, 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 in righteousness, when we walk in holiness, amen, it, it creates a confidence that it doesn't matter what's coming against us, we're going to stand and we will not falter or fall. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to get to this point that your private life will leak out into your public life. Eventually, what you do in the secret will be exposed in the highways and byways. But this is this can be this is not just a negative thing. This is a good thing because in secret, I preach this all the time. If you're praying in secret, if you're confessing the the word of God in secret, if you're praying for your enemies in secret, if you're if you're living a sanctified life, God is going to reward you with great anointing. God's going to reward you with great grace. God's going to reward you with great favor. God's going to do amazing things in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Some of us are living a life that's, that the, uh, it's, it, you're, you're not 100% sold out to God. You, 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 you still have a little bit of, you, uh, of self-gratification in your life. You, you still want to sow a little wild oats. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can't live a life like that and expect to have the, the, the best that God has for you. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you about a key that's going to help us, a key that will help us that I believe that Jesus walked in that kept him in a place of walking in moral and spiritual superiority. And that's what we need to be walking in. I'm going to to teach you this key today. Are you ready for the key? Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready for this key. Amen. Amen. And so let's look at John 8, 28 and 29. And this is the account of Jesus, and he's, you know, he's talking to the Pharisees, and, uh, and he's ministering the word of God. And in John 8, 28 and 29, Jesus is, is saying, Jesus says this, uh, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Now, underline that. I always do those things that please him. What was the secret of Jesus' power and anointing of God? What was his secret of him walking in virtue, moral and spiritual excellence? His secret was that he had a desire to always please the Heavenly Father. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? What if you started getting up every morning and you said, Lord, I want to please you today. Uh, you know, the Bible says in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. Think about that. People will be more lovers of, uh, of uh, entertainment and, and self-gratification. People are going to be lovers of, of and disrespectful and disobedient to parents and, and unkind and unthankful. And, 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 and people are going to be like that, but not us. In the last days, we're going to be lovers of God. 
Oh, can I get an amen today? We're not just going to be loving ourselves over God. We're not going to be just choosing our own fleshy indulgences, hello, over God's word and what he says. Amen? Because I'm telling you, we we know that there's people that chose the wrong things and ended up in a big loss. Remember, Remember Esau? Remember Jacob and Esau? And Esau, remember he, he, he had the birthright. And remember Esau was, came in from hunting one day and he was starving. He really wasn't starving, but he was hungry. And remember he came to his brother and his brother must have been a great cook. He knew how to add the spices, amen, to the beans, right? So he must have been an amazing cook, right? He knew how to do those additives, right? And then remember his brother Esau came in and, and, and then Jacob was, he was a good businessman. He said, sell me your birthright for these bowl of beans. Remember that? And then, and then uh, you know, his brother said, well, what, what's my birthright? Oh, who cares about my birthright? I'll take those bowl of beans for my birthright. And he, and he sold off his birthright. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? For, 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 gra- for, um, uh, physical gratification. And we not, need to be very careful. We're not trading off, you know, the anointing of God, the grace of God, the blessings of God, the favor of God for, for fleshy uh, indulgences. We don't need to be, you know, and, and the Bible says that God loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Well, what he hated was he hated Esau's ways. He hated the fact that Esau disregarded the, the, the blessing that God has bestowed upon him from being the firstborn in, in the household. And we don't want to despise our birthrights. We don't want to despise what God has given us. How do you despise that? By walking against God's word. How do we despise God in the last days? By doing our own thing instead of doing God's thing. Amen. By, by, by not caring what, what God's word says. No, we need to care about what God's word says. We, we need to care about everything that he says. And, and we want to have a heart to please God. And Jesus had a heart to please God, which gave him favor and honor with God. You know, there's two places in the Bible where in Jesus' ministry, God spoke that Jesus was well pleasing to him. And we know this that in Matthew 3 13 and 17, this was when Jesus was, before he even started his public ministry, we know that Jesus uh, was, um, you know, led by the uh, Spirit of God to be baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin, John the Baptist. Amen. And we know that, that, that Jesus, uh, you know, to he, he actually said, when he came to John, John actually said to Jesus, you should be baptizing me. Right? John knew, and you know, they were cousins, right? They probably grew up together. And, and of course, you know, John knew that Jesus is the Lamb of God, because he saw, you know, he got a revelation that Jesus was a Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, right? 
John had that revelation. And John said, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus submitted to John's ministry. Think about that. Even though Jesus was greater, he submitted to the lower. Amen. And what happened when Jesus uh, was baptized by John, uh, the, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. Amen. And this is where you have the Trinity all at once. Right. You have Jesus in the water. You have the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus and you have the father saying, my beloved son, who I am well pleased. Think about that. And so we, we, we see this, that, 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 see, some say, well, 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 Jesus didn't do anything for God to, to be well pleased with him. He was just well pleased. No, he did do something. He was, he submitted to being water baptized. He, he, he submitted to, to a lesser to receive greater. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Or have you gone home? And so we see this, that, that Jesus, uh, he, 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 obeyed and, and received water baptism. And that's what we do when we get saved. We want to be just like Jesus. We want to be water baptized Amen. and honor God. Amen. And that's the key. And then remember in the middle of, of Jesus's ministry, Jesus was up on top of the mountain, Matthew 3, 13 and 17. And the Bible says he took uh, Peter, James, and his brother John up to the mountain. And remember, the Bible said that Jesus became transfigured in front of them. And they saw Jesus in his glorified state. And that his, that his raiment became white as snow, right? And he was like, he was, it was amazing. It, it, it freaked Peter out a little bit. It freaked him out. And then the Bible says uh, that, um, uh, that, that, the, that the Lord spoke and said, This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Or you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. So, so uh, God did honor him again. Amen. Why? Why did God keep honoring Jesus? Because Jesus kept honoring God. <clears throat> Why does God honor us? Because we honor him. I like to say this. um, God is really a reflection of our attitude towards him. In other words, God is like a mirror. How we respond to God and how we give to God, it's like God does the same back to us. Amen. In other words, we what we give out, God gives back. We give him glory. He gives us glory. We give him praise. He will make sure that that praise. Now, we don't want praise to go to your head, but he will make sure that you'll be honored in whatever um, occupation that you're in. Are you listening? God will make sure that you're honored and that that you're respected. Glory to God. Now, you won't you may not be respected with the world, but you'll be respected around your peers. Glory to God. And God will put that honor and glory back on us. We don't take God's honor, but God, the Bible says he crowns us with glory and honor. Amen. Why? Because we're, we're uh, you know, we're uh, exact a replication, if I can say, of Jesus. We're the body of Christ in the earth. And why wouldn't God want to honor the body of Christ? So when we walk in honor, God honors us. Now, I want to say this, that, that, uh, that Peter, even he, in 2 Peter 1.17, remembered that event. 
And he said in, in 2 Peter 1.17, For he received from God that the Father honor and glory, which such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. So see, see Peter recognized that God uh, uh, gave unto Jesus honor and glory because Jesus had a heart set to please the Father. And when we have the heart set to please the Father every day in our lives, I'm telling you, it's going to be like days of heaven on earth. Do you believe that today? So it's more than just praying. And we just got through a series of prayer, but you've got to put your, your, your money where your mouth is, if I may. In other words, you're going to have to start walking it out. It's not just praying a prayer and prayers are good, but we still got to walk out our faith. We got to shun evil in, in, in every aspect. Amen. So, so we, we need to shun the evil and, and embrace the good. Amen. And I'm going to say this, that, that we, we should be pleasing God not, not out of legality. What do I mean by that? We shouldn't be uh, trying to please God because we don't want him to judge us or chastise us. That should not be our motivation. Our motivation in pleasing God is that when we want to please God is because of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. In other words, we please God out of gratitude. Not out of a legalistic system that if I don't obey God, the lightning's going to strike. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Because when you start understanding how good God is, when you start understanding how gracious he is to us, it should motivate us, hallelujah, I'm preaching to anybody today, to want to please God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. Colossians 1, 21 and 23 says it this way. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he was reconciled in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you've heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, in which I, Paul, became a minister. So Paul is saying this, that before B.C., I call it before Christ, before you had Christ in your life, Paul is actually saying our position was enemies of God. Hello. That's what he's saying. Don't, don't tell me. Well, God loves the sinner. He does, but positionally the sinner, in a sense, God does love the sinner, but the sinner has to become out of being an enemy of God and being a friend of God. In other words, being a son of God. You got to go from sinner to sonship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so in a sense, people that don't have Christ, they are enemies of the gospel. They're not living for God. They're living for themselves, right? And so, and so this he's saying here in Colossians that we need to recognize that Jesus paid an awesome price so that he could present me and you holy and blameless and above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. In other words, God's blood makes us righteous. Hello. Now, I'm going to say this to you. 
you may, because you miss the mark sometimes and because you sin doesn't mean you lose your salvation. There is a level of grace that will cover you for a certain amount of time. And, and it, God will give you time to repent, time to turn back. So there is a level of grace that will cover you in your stupidity. In your, in your stupid, are you hearing what I'm saying today? There is a level of grace that will extend over our stupidity. Isn't that good today? Amen. Over our, 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 our stupidity. And what I'm saying by that is because sin will make you stupid. Sin will make you dumb as a box of rocks. Sin will make you do stupid things. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Irrational things. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and so sin uh, 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 is something that we don't want to deal with as Christians. Glory to God. Amen. And so I like what it says in Hebrews 9, 26 and 28. It says, and, then, and he, he, talking about Jesus, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. Talk about Jesus. And this is Paul I really believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 9, 26 and 28. And, and he was talking about that in the Old Testament, they had sacrifices for the people and they had to do these sacrifices once a year, right? To cover the sins. The, the priests had to do sacrifices for themselves and then they had to sacrifice, do sacrifices for the people, right? And so, and, but Jesus is the final sacrifice, right? And so he said, finally then, brethren, uh, uh, he says here, that uh, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation world, which means that Jesus doesn't suffer. All, he doesn't have to go to the cross all the time. He only had to go to the cross once. But it says, but now once at the end of the ages, he had appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself as it is appointed for men to die once. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear sins to many, to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. I love that. So what, what this is actually saying is, is that he's saying for people like us, how many people are eagerly waiting for Christ to come? How many people are expecting his return? How many people are expecting him to come back? I'm telling you, the Bible says when you have an expectation of Jesus coming back, that should keep us walking straight. That should keep us walking in the in line. Why? Toe the line, in other words. Jerk the slack out of ourselves. Amen. In other words, make sure that we're walking upright. Because if Jesus, if we knew that Jesus was coming back tonight, you would probably be in the praise and worship service tonight. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You'd probably show up. But you wouldn't probably before, right? But if you knew Jesus, I'm coming, I'm coming to worship service on Sunday night. I know that's for the real sold out Christians. Amen. Glory to God. And, uh, and, uh, and, so, and so, uh, so when we get a revelation that Jesus is coming back and we walk in this anticipation and we understand it's the blood of Jesus that makes us right with God, that he purged our sins. He's not coming back to judge us on our sin. He's coming back to reward us for receiving him. Ooh, 
man, I can get excited about this message tonight, or this morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Amen. So what am I talking to you about? I'm talking to you that, that we need to learn to walk in purity and holiness towards the Lord. Some of us might need to get off the Internet. Some of, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Some of us might need to shut down Facebook. Some of us might need to set some, you know, perimeters, some, some, some guards up. You know, the Bible talks about guarding your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Whatever you tend to fall, get, get, don't get around it. Amen. We all have weaknesses. Stay away from those weaknesses. Amen. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians. How do we, how do we walk in virtue? It says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 and 8, it says this. It says, finally then, brethren, this is Apostle Paul, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. Notice that Paul got the revelation. He's saying this is how you ought to walk and please God. Right? He says, for you know that what commandment we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality, um, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion or lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testify, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, man, but God, who has given us the Holy Spirit. So what is he saying here? He's saying that really, he's saying that we should abstain from sexual impurity. Amen. That we should be able to 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 uh, able to, you know, uh, discipline our flesh. Amen. That we need to, to walk in holiness. Remember Paul said that he buffets his body, that he would not be a castaway. He, he said that in one of his writings, that, that, that unless he is running the race, he, he should, uh, you know, he's talking about that as we run a race, we run it to, to win a prize. And he said that, that the race has, is full of rules and regulations. And he said that when you run a race, you can't just cut through. Amen. You have to run it, you know, legally. Amen. To win the race. And Paul said that he, that he was in a place in his life that he fasted often because he didn't want his emotions to run him and cause him to be shipwrecked in his faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And we need to be very careful that, that we need to be like Paul. And Paul walked with Jesus very closely. And if he had to discipline his body, how about us? So, so we need to understand this, that, that, that Paul was talking about that we need to know how to walk in sanctification. And, and we don't want to walk like the world. Amen. We know that each one of us is going to be challenged with a purity test. Has anybody ever been challenged by the purity test? Amen. And we know this, that Joseph um, was, had a great vision on his life. And Joseph, you know, um, was, uh, uh, knew that he was going to be a ruler. And, and God gave him these, these dreams. And Joseph, uh, you know, it didn't look like it was going to happen. He was, you know, he was thrown in a, in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery. 
by the Ishmaelites and, Ishmaelites and then, then sold into Potiphar's house. And, you know, he became a ruler in Potiphar's house because he had the favor and grace of God on his life. No matter where you're at in life, no matter if you're under a boss, God still can make you a ruler in your domain. He can still give you uncommon favor. He, said he can cause you to rise when other people are standing still. And so, and so with Joseph, the purity test came when, when Potiphar's wife came on to Joseph. But we know what Joseph did. He ran. Remember Potiphar's wife grabbed him by the coat? And she was, she was really hot for Joseph, right? And then, she, and then of course, you know, um, when, when it comes to uh, lust, lust turns into hate really quick. Because when you don't get what you want, you hate the thing that, 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 or the person that doesn't give it to you, right? So, so love, love is totally different. Love is giving, lust is getting. And so, so Joseph, uh, Potiphar's wife, lusted after Joseph, but Joseph did not give her himself. And guess what? Of course, she sold Joseph out, said that he tried to rape her, which was all trumped up and a lie. And then Joseph ended up in the prison, but we know he ruled the prison and he passed the purity test. And we know Joseph went to the prison to the palace. And the Bible says he became like a father to, to the Pharaoh. Joseph became like a father. I'm talking to anybody today. He said it himself. He became, in other words, he was really ruling Egypt. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, if you're going to rule and reign in your domain, you better watch your P's and Q's. (laughs) If you're going to rule and reign in this life and you're going to walk the abundant life, then you're going to make sure that, that you're guarding yourself, protecting yourself from the evils that will try to come against us in this life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We got to be very, very, very careful that the small foxes don't spoil our vines. Amen. And so, and so God wants us walking in this. I, uh, you know, I, I heard about uh, Billy Graham and, and there was one time something happened that it, it looked kind of bad um, uh, or, or there, there, there were some evangelists at that time that were falling morally. And uh, uh, back in the 40s when he started preaching, in the 50s, I guess he started preaching. And, uh, and so we know that, that he's never had a scandal in his, in his ministry. This is Billy Graham. Nobody, he, they could not find a scandal. You know why? He set up some, some rules and regulations. He said he would never be alone with another woman but his own wife. Amen. Amen. And so he set these rules up because he knew that even the very appearance of, of, of evil is sin. Even if you even if it, if it looks bad and you may not it may not you not may not be being bad. If it appears to be bad, then it can be bad. So what do we do? We, we, we try to keep our, ourselves from from any appearance of evil. We try to keep that far from why we need we need to be living a life that's that's above board for not just the body of Christ but for the world in general. Amen. Because we don't want the world we don't want to be falling in the world. They see the bunch of hypocrite Christians. They they say that they follow Jesus but they really don't. They're just like us. You know the world. That's what the world wants. The world wants us wants the Christian to be just like them. Liars, cheaters, thieves. Amen. We're not like that. So let me give you a couple keys here. I'm closing down here. 
if you're going to walk in a moral excellence, you need to every day fill your heart with the praises of God. You need to, you need to wake up every day and be thankful for what God has given you. You need, to, you need to realize if it wasn't for Jesus, you will be on the uh, primrose path of death. If it wasn't for Jesus, you would be an enemy of God. If it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be paying for your own sins. And we need to remember this every day, that Jesus put us in a place where we can have right standing with God. So, so number one, you, every day you need to fill your heart with praises. The Bible says the reason why people move away from God, the reason why people backslide, why Christians backslide, is because they forget about the goodness of God and, and, they, and they stop being thankful. Talks about that in Romans. People stop being thankful to God and then they start turning away from God. And we got to keep a thankful heart no matter what we're going through. No matter what plight we're going through. No matter what struggle we're going through. No matter what, what, what the enemy's trying to put on. God is still good. We got to remember that. He is good. He's just. He's, he's amazing. Number two, we got to fill our minds with the transforming word of God. If the Bible says that, that thy word I have hid in my heart that I may not get sin against thee. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that if you're constantly filling your mind with the scriptures and the word of God, two objects cannot occupy the same space. What do I mean by that? If you, can, you, know, you can't get up and say, I'm not going to sin today. I'm not going to sin today. You're going to be sinning all day. Are you saying, I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat chocolate cake. Whatever, you know, you're going to be eating it. You're, you're putting a law in your, on you. And when you put the law on your flesh, the flesh wants to break it. You hear what I say? The flesh always doesn't want to conform to laws, right? And so, and so, so you can't you can't just say I'm not going to sin today or I'm not going to go there today because you will. So, so what you need to do is you need to fill your mind with the scriptures, right? So if you have your mind full of the scriptures, then you're not going to be thinking of sin. Amen. It's like that old boy said. You know, came to the pastor and said, "I'm dealing with all kind of lust problems." And, and, and the pastor said, well, what are you doing in your daily life? I'm watching HBO and watching all the rated R movies and all the nudity. And, and he said, well, you know, if you keep that up, you're going to always have problems. Remember HBO? It stands for uh, Hell's Box Office. Oh, is it Home Box Office? Okay. It can be Hell's Box Office if you're not careful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember I got cable one time. This was years ago. And the, and, and, and the guy was showing me how to work it all. He said, but be careful. There's a lot of stuff on there. You know, you got the controller, you know. And he said he could take you down, you know. He must have been a Christian or something. But be careful. Here's the power. You know, you got the power and the controller, right? Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? So it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says here, and I'm closing. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he's saying, he's, he's, Paul is saying, I beseech you by the mercy of God to present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, 
Why is that? See, see, you don't belong to yourself anymore. When you get Jesus in your, in your life, Jesus bought you, paid for you, lock, stock, and barrel, whatever that means. And so he paid for you, so you don't have a right to do with whatever you want with your body. You don't belong to yourself. What, pastor? No, you belong to Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And if you're married, you belong to your spouse, so you can't do whatever you want sexually outside, with, you know, outside of your spouse. Hello. Are we ta- are you, am I talking to anybody today? Amen. And so, and so really, so we belong to Christ and we belong to our spouse. So you don't belong to yourself. And you are owned twice over. I say this many times. You're owned, number one, because God created you. It's, it, it, in other words, your body uh, will go, if Jesus tarries, will go to the ground. But it's a loner. Your body's a loner. God's loaning you this body right now. Amen. And you need to take care of it. You need to protect it. You need to eat right. <laughs> you need to, are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to do the right things with your body. And the Bible says that sexual immorality is not only a sin against the Lord, but it's a sin against your own body. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, 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 and Jesus has a lot to say about sin. He says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying sin is serious. It will destroy our lives. It will take down not only us, but it could take down other people that's looking up to us. It will cause people to be offended in the last days. And because and what people do is they put people on a, what people sometimes do, they put a pastor on a pedestal or a man of God on, instead of putting Jesus on a pedestal. And when that pastor falls, they fall too. But that pastor is just a man, flesh and blood, trying to follow the will of God. And there's demons after him. Yes, Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? I, like, I was talking to Robert today and Robert said, Pastor, I'm praying for you and your family. And I said, thank you. I need it. Amen. I need prayer. Glory to God. And I, I really thank Robert for, for saying that. Amen. And Yeah. And I pray for you guys. And you need to pray and keep us up in prayer because the devil's trying to do everything he can to cause a breach, to, to cause people to fall. Amen? Amen? See, I'm not just preaching this sermon for you. It's for me too. <laughs> I, I'm preaching this sermon. I got to walk right. Amen? I got to do the right. I don't want to sell out my birthright for a bowl of beans or, or for a couple minutes of pleasure or for 20 minutes of pleasure. And that could be a lifetime of misery. Yes. Just one time can destroy your life. I was reading about, I oh mean, I got to close this down. I was reading about this actor um, and, and this actor, um, and I, I, he's not a well-known actor, but he was a guy that was very talented and did a lot of things. And um, he was a Broadway actor. And I can't think of the guy's name, but they found, he, he, I think he died this year. And they, and they found him, you know, in, 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 I don't know where he was at, in a hotel room or something. And he, and he had a problem with drugs. He had a syringe in his arm and he died because he overdosed on drugs. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And I was reading about this. And I was thinking how the world is trying to find love in all the wrong places. How the world is trying to fill their cup. And I'm telling you, once you get Jesus, you shouldn't want to try to go back to the world. And, and, and you should not want to go back to your old life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Once you tasted Jesus, once you tasted the goodness of God, I'm telling you, you don't want to ever go back to the darkness. 
You don't want to ever go back into those dark places. You don't want to ever go back there, glory to God. No, you want to keep holding on to the unchanging hand of Jesus. Number three, we need to set up spiritual rules in our daily routine. We, we need to set up, what, what, pastor? I'm free. I don't need rules. Well, well you, you need to set up some rules in your life. Do, do you brush your teeth? Once a day, twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. That's a rule. That's a good rule to follow. If you didn't have that rule, your teeth would probably fall out of your head. Amen. I like to say to my, my I always have to tell my, my daughter, brush, did you brush your teeth today? And, and she, she would say, uh, did you brush yours? You know, she would always say that. Did you brush yours? I said, yes, I brushed mine. I said, you need to brush yours before your teeth falls out of your head. You need to take care of your teeth. And, uh, and, so, and so, so we got to live by rules. We need to set up rules. Do you know when you set up these rules of, of spending time with God every day and praying and reading the word and doing spiritual things, it will keep you safe. It will keep you in, t- in the love of God. It will keep you from going the wrong way. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? When I start reading Old Testament stories of how God killed these people because of sin, i like, I don't want to ever go there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God was mad a lot of times in the Old Testament. He was really angry with the people. I'm telling you, man, he was killing people left and right. You say, did God kill it? He killed people. Hey, man, he allowed it. He allowed their enemies to come in. He didn't kill people per se, but he allowed their enemies to come in. In other words, he allowed the hedge to be, they, they allowed the hedge to be, be brought down, the hedge of protection, when they sinned. It, 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 in other words, it, it tied God's hands. God has to judge sin. He has to judge it. And when we don't judge ourselves, judgment will hit. And, it, and it, can be, it can be judgment up to physical death. And I don't want that in my life. Amen? Amen. I don't want to barely make it in on my deathbed asking God's forgiveness on my deathbed because of my stupidity. Amen. And so we see this, that we need to set up rules. We know this, and I'm closing down here. Uh, uh, Daniel, he was, he was uh, you know, an advisor to the king. And uh, we knew that he was in a, he was in a high position in, in the kingdom at that time. And we know that there were other people that were jealous of Daniel. And they, they got the king to, to write up a decree that if anybody worshipped uh, uh, you know, I think it was King Darius. If they if they worship uh, any god but King Darius's god, uh, that they would be thrown into the lion's den. And we know this that Daniel had a routine. And what was his routine? He prayed three times a day. He prayed three times a day. You could say that's excessive, Pastor. Are you saying that I should pray three times if you need it? <laughs> Some people may not need it, but some of you that kind of, you know, like to walk on the wild side, you might need to be praying three times a day. Some of you that have that personality, you might need to be praying three times a day. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I need God because my, my, my personality, I, I, I kind of, you know, I like adrenaline rushes every once in a while. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? But make sure that if you're that type of person, you better be, you need God. 
Amen. You need to be praying. And he prayed three times a day. And we know that because he did, he, he did not stop and he opened his windows and prayed. They said, we got you, guy. We got you, da- Daniel. And Daniel prayed, you know, and he didn't stop. And, and what did God do? See, when you are setting up these routines, these rules, and you're doing godly things, and you're doing it with a heart of love, it will divinely protect you from the enemy's attacks. And when the enemy tried to take down Daniel, guess what happened? The lions in the lion's den became Daniel's pillow. He slept. They, they, in other words, the angel shut the mouths of the lions. And when we're walking in right standing with God, can I get a witness in the house today? And we're praying and we're abstaining from evil and we're pushing back the, 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 the urges of the enemy trying to get us into darkness and we're pushing it back and we say, no, we will not go there. I'm telling you, God's going to crown us with glory. He's going to crown us with honor. He's going to crown us with blessing. He's going to crown us with favor. He's going to open doors that no man can shut. And he's going to shut doors that no man can open. And he's going to shut the mouths of the lions that are trying to attack us. And he's going to shut down those demons that are trying to attack us to get us to do the wrong things. And those demons are going to be shut down. And he's going to bless us and prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Number four, you need to surround yourself with godly people. This is my final point. If you're going to walk in... uh, you know, moral integrity. If you're going to walk in spiritual and moral uh, virtue, praise God, you need to surround yourself with godly people. You need to be coming to church. You need to be a part of, a, 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 of the body, amen. You need other people in the church uh, that, that you know that can pray with you if you're dealing with weakness, if you're dealing with, with, with a moment of weakness. You need to call somebody. You need you need a call pastor. Amen. And I will pray with you. Amen. And we'll get some ushers and we'll cast that devil out of you. Glory to God. Amen. amen. So you're like, what? <laughs> amen. We'll exercise some wrong spirits. Why well, pray? Amen. Why? It's the devil that tries to cause us to do the wrong things. He's tempting us. He's tempting us to do the wrong thing. So, so there's power in prayer. There's power in agreement. We need each other. We need to have godly relationships. You can't, listen, you can't hang out with ungodly people and be godly. It just doesn't work like that. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. So you need to be hanging out with good moral people that love God. Amen. Amen. That would be appalled if you did something, you know, that was not right. You know, that, that, that would check you, keep you in check. We need each other to keep us in check. I need you. You need me, I think. You need, you need me preaching to you. You don't know what the Bible says about one of my jobs is. My job is to raise you up to do the work of the ministry. But you know what the Bible also says? And this is very important. Listen to what I'm saying, because this, this last part may be the most important thing I that I'm going to say in this whole sermon today. Amen. Just listen. My job is not just only to try to bring you up in the admonition of the Lord to to get you into a place where you're walking your full calling in God, but my job is to look over your to look out for your souls. 
The Bible says I'm a pastor that I'm supposed to be protecting your souls. Why do I need to protect your souls? Why, if I'm saved, once saved, always saved, why do you need a pastor? Because once saved, always saved isn't in the Bible. You can fall away. The Bible teaches it. Peter said some will depart from the faith, heeding to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Uh, uh, that's what Peter said. Some will depart from the, What does that mean, Pastor? That means some will depart from the faith. It's very easy. It's very easy to understand. Some will, not some may, some will depart from the faith, heeding to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Amen. In other words, don't think you, that, that, that the grace covers your lifestyle of sin. It doesn't. To a point, it does, but you better judge yourself or chastisement and judgment is coming. The Bible says if you don't want to be judged, you judge yourself. That means you're constantly allowing. See, if you're not in this Bible and you're not allowing the word of God to examine you. Yes, the word of God examines us. And if you're not allowing this word to examine your life, to, 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 to reveal anything in your life that's not right. If you're not reading this word, then you can be living a, a life of lawlessness and you may be crossing over you know, the grace zone, and you may be exceeding uh, the grace that God has for you, and judgment will be right at your door. And I don't want to take the grace of God for granted. I don't want to push God's grace. I don't want to. The Bible says we can offend the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I don't want to push the envelope to the point where God gives me my last call. Now, you would have to be a mature believer, somebody that walked with God, somebody that's baptized in the Holy Spirit, that tasted of the good things of God. You would have to be a mature believer, but even mature believers can fall and some can depart from the faith. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you. It's serious. I'd rather believe that way than the other way that I can do anything I, I, I want and end up in hell. I'd rather be just shotgun straight. I don't even want to think about that. Are you hearing what I'm Paul says, I, I, you know, and Paul was talking about this too in one of his writings. He said there's some, you know, that, that could fall. It's in Hebrews chapter 6 and chapter 10. Read it if you get a chance. And um, it, it will really get you up. Amen? Not really. <laughs> It'll get you... Walking straight. Amen. And when you read Hebrews chapter six and chapter 10, he talks about people falling away. And so and so what we need to realize is that there's a possibility. Why? Because God has given us a free will and God has given us a will to choose. And that will is that we need to choose God every day and we need to walk with God every day. You don't want your heart falling in love with the world. You don't want your heart turning. That's why the Bible says guard your heart because it can turn. Your heart, if it's not guarded, you can fall in love with the world as a believer. And, and to the degree you fall in love with the world, then, then the Bible says if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Why? You see, the, the book, this Bible, and I'm trying to close here. It's a book of blessing and it's a book, you could say a book of blessing and a book of curses. Amen. In other words, there's there's the curse and there's the blessing. 
And then the Bible says here uh, that when we walk with God, we'll walk in the blessings. But if we don't walk in God, the curse can come in our life. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And I don't want the curse. You say, well, I'm blessed. What God blesses, no man can curse. Yeah, but you can curse yourself. No man can curse you, but you can walk outside the blessing and the curse can come upon you. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? This is sober teaching today. Amen. Don't think that you can get away. Nobody gets away with sin. Except if you repent and you turn away from it. And then God grants you grace and mercy, glory to God. And he, and he gives you a clean day. See, if you just repent, if you turn to God, what was Jesus' first words when he preached and he came on the scene? You know what Jesus' first words were? Repent. What does that mean? That means turn to God. It means turn away from the world and turn to God. Yes, I'm a righteous preacher. I preach righteousness. And we need to turn away from the world and turn to God. Amen. That's what repent means. Let go of the world's ways and embrace God's ways. Did you receive it today? Say, I'm embracing God's ways. I'm turning away from the world. Glory. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you are so good and merciful and loving. And that, Father, that you have given us the gift of righteousness. Father God, through your son, Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And Father, you said in John 1, 9, if we ask forgiveness, you forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, I thank you that your blood is always working for those that have a heart of humility and meekness, those that that have a desire to please you. That's when the fullest grace is working in our lives. Perhaps you're here in the audience today. Maybe you're not living the life that you know you need to live There's some things you need to let go of. Well, today's a day that you can repent, which means that you can turn fully back to God. Maybe you're watching online and you know you're not living a life fully pleasing to God. There's areas in your life where you know you need to to get rid of, you need to adjust. Well, today, the Bible says, is a day of salvation. It's a new day. It's a fresh day. God's mercies are renewed every morning. So I'm presenting you God's mercy today. You can turn from evil and turn to God. Amen? So if that's you today, you're watching online, maybe you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And, and now is the time to do that. Put Jesus in the driver's seat. Say this if, and mean in your heart, if you're ready to move forward in God, turn fully to God, turn away from the world. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.